Axe has also borrowed uh, this grapes firearm, so he <laughs> closes the door behind him. He and Chapman are alone in this room. Uh, and uh, Axe chains, uh, trains this gun on him. Uh, Tell me where I can find the viscer. I had no intention of shooting a defenseless man in cold blood, but I am sorry to, to admit that it was a temptation. At that moment, alone in a dark room with one of the Yerks responsible for the atrocities taking place above deck, alone with one of the Yerks involved in the launching of a third world war, alone with one of the abomination's most ardent supporters, I could barely stand my own rage. I cocked the trigger. Panic swept across Chapman's face. If he gave up Visser 2, Visser 1 would have him executed. If he refused, he believed I would put a bullet in his chest. I Tell me where to find the Visser. Blamed, I would not have blamed Axe for shooting Chapman. <laughs> yeah. Um, but luckily for Chapman, someone, uh, a hork someone, bursts into the room um, because Axe didn't lock it. Maybe it doesn't have a visible lock on it. Uh, but this hork bursts into the room and in throwing open the door basically knocks Axe off of his feet. Um, the gun kind of goes flying. Chapman picks the gun up. Um, Axe is very, very uh, strongly blaming himself. He's like, I let my anger get the best of me. Um, I wasn't paying attention to my surroundings because I was you know, so focused on pushing down this anger at Chapman and preventing myself from shooting him. Um, uh, but Chapman basically uh, shoots Axe. We don't we don't hear where. Uh, and then I assume the leg. Leaves. That's the vibe. Yeah. Uh, and then leaves and locks the door behind him. Now. Why would Chapman do that? He knows this is an Andalite bandit. He knows that this person can morph back into an Andalite, so he thinks. And that Andalite tails can cut through steel. He's been around Visser 3 enough. Like, why would he think that this would work? And why the fuck wouldn't he try to infest Axe then and there? We know coward. Chapman, yeah, but like he could have a more capable host, and just a few lines above that, we were talking about how ambitious he was. He has a horpagier here who could help him. The author handed him the idiot ball, super hardcore. I uh personally feel and again i'm not giving the author credit this is based off previous things and characterization we've seen for chapman because him just locking the door with accent idiot ball agreed no mm -hmm. question i don't think the yerk for inside chapman for all his ambition is gonna take an andalite bandit host without permission mm, that's fair because of how visa one feels about them mm-hmm Because yeah. then other people who are not Visa 3 have what makes Visa 3 special. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's Even also cause the best for to do murder. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, just because Vista 3's got on a promotion, I don't think that's going to have improved his people skills. <laughs> so I can understand Chapman not immediately going, well, I'm going to just upgrade. Um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save him for later. Hopefully he stays knocked out. I know what this is. He saw Titanic and that <laughs> scene where Billy Zane handcuffs Leonardo DiCaprio before he dies. Look, that's a good plan. <laughs> Gonna follow that, was that guy's lead. Yeah. He got off didn't the boat. Didn't watch the second he half w- of the movie. Didn't know, have the second got tape. I know he got off the boat. Mm-hmm. Billy Zane got off the boat and Jack died. So maybe life lessons. Yeah. Who knows? Um, Who could say? It's a really dumb little plot beat that adds nothing, mm-hmm. except showing that Chapman is apparently an idiot as well as it. I appreciate the moment is here to give Axe the do I kill a person? Mm-hmm. After expressly throughout this book doing non-lethal damage. Like, mm-hmm. granted, somebody that doesn't get medical treatment after getting their hand chopped off is probably going to not do great. Um, To be euphemistic about it. <laughs> but it's it's a precursor to the choice he makes later, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Am I willing to kill? Yeah. After uh, everything I have seen now, after all the horror I have witnessed in human wars, am I ready to kill a human like this? This isn't even in the heat of battle. This is a quiet moment. So... For Axe's characterization, I understand why we have the standoff, but the whole business of oh, getting bumped. If Chapman had just run away, mm-hmm. fine. It would probably bother me less. Mm-hmm. Just like, ah, peace. I'm getting off this place. Maybe um, he thought that it was like anything is enough to slow this guy down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Just like. Enough distance, take- a chance to get yeah. distance. Yeah, yeah, it's a demon. I mean, except that he in- he says specifically, I think I will take you prisoner instead, my own personal prisoner of war, but just to make sure you don't try to break out. He shoots maybe he him. Thought he- uh, clearly, maybe he did forget about the morphing healing thing. Maybe Vissa 3 has kept that aspect more quiet than we realize. But we've seen the Animorphs fight in the same battle morphs over and over again, even though they've been in battles where they get fucking wasted. Man, I don't know. I got nothing on I'm that not one. I'm not, I'm not here to excuse somebody's <laughs> shitty writing. I'm here to ask questions. <laughs> there were ways that you, they could have written this that it would have made much more sense. Absolutely. Um, again, as Jade said earlier, just another pass by the editor, um, not just like slide it in under the bar right before it's due because you had to write this in a month. God. Hey, Scholastic, give your writers more time to write things. Um, Never. Mm-hmm. Chaos only. Yeah. Uh, Is the Andalite Tower Blade strong enough to cut through a steel door? Yes. This is what we're learning today. We and have seen fact- this before. Yeah, we know this. I'm just <laughs> saying, maybe Chapman's just like, eh, uh, okay. Maybe. I just, I feel like he's been around Visor 3 so much. You would fucking hope. Uh-huh. But 
everybody is panicked. There is a full-scale war going on overhead. Mm-hmm. And for all his ambition, he is a coward. Mm-hmm. The notion of, and I'm going to do this one last little bit of, this could be a fun thing to posit. If there wasn't a witness, maybe he wouldn't have done the whole, oh, well, now you will be my prisoner. <laughs> Rather yeah. than just like, I need to run away now because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with that. That's fair. Gotta, that's gotta fair. posture a little bit for the hork that's there because the hork has to debrief with mm-hmm. people who will tell the Visser shit. Yeah, that's fair. I like Nobody that can see my fuck up. Uh, so Axe heads back to the deck because that seems to be where Chapman is heading. Um, well, actually, he doesn't head towards Chapman. He just leaves and is like, I can hear the battle going on and I am needed at the heart of the action. Since I've lost Chapman, I guess I need to go back into this battle. So back to the flight deck I go. Um, this next moment is so good. It is. This is this is a moment where like we were complaining about like the author not providing a lot of detail and how it wasn't like wasn't good writing. This is a moment where that is a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I arrived on the flight deck miraculously unmolested and immediately spotted Cla- Captain Plummer. He was on the ground. An enormous hole had been blown in his gut. It was clear he would not live to see the end of this battle. Help you he cried, signaling to a hork and a human controller standing nearby. I made sure I was unseen. The human was one of the supposed naval men who had come on board with Admiral Carrington. The Yerks looked at the fallen captain. The human's face showed great annoyance. Please, help. Take me below decks. I'm one of you. You're nobody, the controller shouted. Your human host has served his purpose. He's dying. Save yourself if you can. The controller and the hork walked away. I approached. His eyes were beginning to glass over. Still, they showed fear. I am not going to hurt you, I said. Then I saw the yerk struggling out of the man's ear. I let it happen. It would not get far. Awkwardly, I knelt by Captain Plummer's side. What have I done? He gasped. I tried to fight it. I tried. No one will blame you, I assured him. He looked down in fascination at what had been his stomach. I'm dying. Yes. He reached for one of my hands. I stayed with him until he was gone. This isn't the first time we've seen X do this. No. He did this at, I believe it was Normandy. Mm. In Megamorphs. He um, has a lot of compassion. Mm-hmm. It hurts me. Mm-hmm. In my soul. Uh, yeah, it's, and just, you know, uh, a second ago he was berating himself for letting his anger kind of distract him from the task at hand. Um, and yet here he is allowing himself to show his compassion and take, now granted it's not a long time. It's it's implied to be a very short amount of time before this guy dies. Um, but he stays with this guy for a few minutes, precious minutes. Um, uh, it, it's so compassionate. Um, 
And we see the other Animorphs are at least Marco doing this in other places as well. Of just, like, trying to offer comfort to people who are fighting this battle and dying. So, you know, there's that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and I think I might just read this entire next chapter. It's not very long, because most of it's, like, three-word sentences. Mm-hmm. Tragedy upon tragedy. The Yurks trained Draken Cannon on the other ships in the battle group. One by one, horrible explosions. Towers of smoke and flame rising what seemed like miles into the air. The destruction was nearly unbelievable. I jumped out of the path of some sort of incendiary device, some sort of fireball, out of the path of the man in flames stumbling toward me. No order to this battle, no plan, no battle lines, no strategy, no rules of engagement. Just mad desperation. Kill or be killed. Or run away. Jump into the ocean. Be caught in a raging surface fire. Be fried to a crisp. Voices raised in panic. Cries for help. Supplications to personal gods. Calls for mothers and wives. Help, help, help. Too many voices. Axe. Axe. Axe! I lifted my tail. Hey, easy axe. It's me, Tobias. Indeed, it was my friend in the body of a navy sailor, wearing a yellow float coat and jersey. The guy's a captain and catapult and arresting gear officer, Tobias explained. Didn't want to have to do it without his permission, but he passed out when a bird started talking to him, so... I stashed him out of harm's way, I hope. We do what we must, I said woodenly. This morph might prove valuable. Yeah, it's letting me look for the viscer in places a hawk just can't go. Besides, any flying object around here is getting popped out of the air. An odd sound through the din of battle. I swiveled my stock eyes. Some of the carrier's personnel are bailing, Tobias explained. They're dropping boats into the water like crazy. Don't know how far they're going to get with a sky full of bug fighters. Maybe if they can make it to one of the other ships... Tobias and I raced towards a sound of an explosion. A large, navy-issued life raft, off the port side. Destroyed. With it, perhaps twenty or thirty humans. People. They didn't even have a chance, I said. This navy aircraft carrier, once in devoted service to the people of the United States, had become a floating island of death. Its captain enslaved and then left to die, its crew almost decimated. I turned away from the scene of wreckage, only to witness yet another horror. A few yards off, Marco, kneeling awkwardly, trying to help a sailor with severe wounds. I could see that from where I was standing, the soldier was dying. The sailor who had saluted him. This had to stop. I had to stop it. This chapter is... The turning point in the book, it's so critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it really sets up what Axe is doing next. Mm. Um, just how horrified, and he's almost dissociating, and just like this impossible battle that's happening everywhere. Um, that he knows will only get worse and worse if uh, the Yerk's plan goes ahead. Um, And then uh, the others catch up with them. Uh, The Animorphs kind of regroup 
Uh, and they're discussing what the fuck they are gonna do next. Um, we don't, like, we can find Visser 2 and take him hostage, but Marco points out that's not going to do them any good. Uh, the Yerks don't take care of their own. Uh, and he refused to play ball before. He's not gonna change his mind. The Yerks are winning. Um, and Rachel's like, yeah, the guy's too focused on glory. No way he's gonna give up the name of the sub. Um, and Axe has a brain blast. Uh, he realizes that there is one thing that might force him to call off the nuclear submarine that is scheduled to kill billions of innocent people. And Axe is immediately horrified himself. His blood runs cold. We do what we must. Uh, and he calls to Prince Jake. Uh, and Jake sends the others to go keep an eye on Admiral Carrington, uh, while Axe and Jake kind of step aside to talk. And then... And then... And then... Time is running out. It is clear that no matter what the consequences to himself, Visser 2 will not give up the name or location of the U.S. nuclear submarine. Without that information, we cannot act to halt its mission of destruction. And once that mission is accomplished, the rest of the plan will proceed as the Visser outlined. The slaughter will not end until the Yerks control the planet. Jake held his shattered front paw off the ground. Blood pooled between us. I know, Axe, but what can we do? I have an idea, I said. It is a terrible thing, I propose. A pause. Go on, Axe. I do not believe Visser Two will be stopped by anything less than the threatened annihilation of his own people. In this situation, here on Earth, the target would be the Yerk Pool. I waited, and I felt shame warring with desire, the need to win against the Yerks, to thwart the conquest of one of my peoples. The words of the Andalite morning ritual came to me. The destruction of my enemies, my most solemn vow. Finally, Jake spoke. Axe, I just can't allow that. I can't give the order. Billions of human lives versus ten or twenty thousand, I said. He had to see, had to be made to see it was the only way. I continued. Many of whom are unwilling slaves, many of whom would welcome death for the sake of freedom. No, Axe, I can't. You can't. What are you saying? Do you know what it will do to us? And at that moment, hearing the shock and horror in my prince's voice, I knew I had made a dreadful mistake. I never ever should have laid such a burden on my friend, my ally. Never ever should have asked a human of such superior quality to make a decision that would undoubtedly risk the lives of everyone he had ever known, that would undoubtedly destroy his home, his neighborhood, his city, that would utterly decimate his every precious bond to sanity. I was an Andalite, a member of the species some unkindly, but perhaps rightly, have called the meddlers of the galaxy. I was an alien. I would carry the burden. I am sorry, Prince Jake, I murmured and then I hit him alongside his head with the flat of my tail blade. So very sorry. I die. I, I die. I die and I hurt. That moment 
of him knocking Jake out, genuinely made me go, yo. <laughs> it's one of those, oh, nothing's going to be the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what happens next, Axe can't take this back. No. And that's such a brave thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hurt. I, hurt I have. For him. Yeah. Not to undermine the significance of what Axe is proposing, because it's not insignificant. This is only a threat. Like, yeah. yes, he's playing chicken. It plays that he's playing chicken. Mm-hmm. In, of the worst, most terrifying kind. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not going to get into the inaccuracies of the payload. We'll get onto that in a bit. Um, but he's talking about threatening the Yerk pool. I mean, what would he have done if the guy had said, no, dropped it anyway? And then the guy would have... Well, then he would have dropped the payload, I assume, to show no. I'm. This is not a threat. Mm-hmm. This is not. Oh, this is not an empty threat. Mm-hmm. Does that now? What? And knowing every yerk we've encountered that's that deep in the source, we're just like, well, now I'm not going to do it on principle. <laughs> we'll still take over. Yep. And I'll just feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a bluff. And the fact that Axe is willing to do that and the implication being follow through. It wouldn't just be a threat. Because the humans he cares about, other than not just in the abstract and his respect for them, are the Animorphs Mm -hmm. who would be safe. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have the same investment in that location that the kids do. Uh, and this Jake drawing this line mm-hmm. and Axe's respect of it, to be clear. Just like, yeah, okay, I won't ask you to do this. Smack. We're done. I'm gonna do mm-hmm. it. But I'm sorry mm-hmm. I asked you if I should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seeing Jake's abject horror at the notion. And the others' reactions that we're about to see. But I do have to wonder if the Yerk Pool hadn't been in their hometown, whether the objection would have been the same. And I say this not to undermine the emotional weight of it, but we know Jake needs these ties to his own humanity, Mm -hmm. to Cassie and to the others, so he doesn't feel like a monster. Mm-hmm. The notion that there has to be hope. But if it was guaranteed to just do the yurks and just take out that many yurks in one go, if there was no risk of civilian harm, he I don't think he would question it. Even if there was risk of some civilian harm, because they did that in book 43. Mm, when they yeah. were like, yep, we're going to blow up the yurk pool. Yeah, there was that <laughs> um, alien world where they blew up the big tank and the big tree. Did that, mm-hmm. no question. But 
And the thing is, I don't think it is wrong to write a teenager, a child, as selfishly wanting their home to still be there when they go mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it is a, I feel well, it's a very human instinct, but also it is in a very good way a child thing. So, like, I can't lose that. I think there's also a degree, like, they know what weapons are on this ship. Mm-hmm. Jake, especially, given what he has already stated, he knows about this ship. And there's a difference between a regular explosive and a nuke. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. And the carnage and decimation that a nuke causes is something that these kids would be very familiar with. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's that knowledge combined with everything else. I, I think that if the Yerk pool had been somewhere else, I think that, yeah, the kids would have been more willing to entertain the idea Mm-hmm. But I do think that there would still be hesitation because, uh, again, it's a nuke. Yeah. And it's different than, oh, this is just a bomb. Mm-hmm. If it had been a bomb, that would have been one thing, but this is a nuke. I think there is something to be said, not to diminish the deaths that nuclear weapons can cause, which I did just look at for my own need to know but there is also the way that nuclear is mythologized in our society in the west Mm -hmm. because you'll see it like even as we make developments in using nuclear power the nuclear boogeyman is a real thing is what my point is Mm -hmm. and the kinds of nuclear weapons that are are carried those aren't used they don't use those on planes (laughs) No. This is what I was doing research. They yeah, might they equip they uh they equipped a bunch of aircrafts to be able to in theory drop a nuke. But they don't. It's, there are it's so many better weapons. Looney Tunes to assume that like that's just what they always have equipped. Yeah, it's normally uh Phoenix missiles and other such fun delights. Like there are bombs that can kill if you put them in the right fucking population center that can do as much damage or take as many lives as one nuclear payload is my point. And I think because we are taught that, understandably, nuclear war is a horrifying prospect, we are taught to fear it. If it wasn't a nuke, would the kids be as horrified by the notion of using it? Like you say, Izzy, it's the weight of it being that kind of weapon. The yeah. thing that is taught to us, uh, that the worst weapon that we can use, the only thing that stops all these countries going to war is because we have the threat of nuclear annihilation. And that's yeah. what people think. When you say a nuclear missile, people think Hiroshima, they think mushroom cloud, they think big... Mm-hmm. They think big with repercussions that we are still dealing with now. Yeah. 
Like Chernobyl did more dam environmental damage, and like the implications are still being felt now. Mm. Like it's just a not inaccurate, to be fair, an unfair reaction for mm. these kids to be horrified by the notion of that. But if it was a nuke, I'm fairly certain it would have been more than ten to twenty thousand deaths. If it was oh, being dropped in yeah. the population yeah. center, like significantly more. <laughs> Oh, Which it is, would have, well, it would have th- wiped out surrounding area. Yeah, I think yeah. it's supposed to mean, like, this is the... I don't think the city they're in is, like, super populated like Los Angeles is. They're in the suburbs, aren't they? They're yeah. in decent suburbs. Like, my my personal uh, belief for where they are is Santa Barbara. Um, yeah, Which is I a smaller Santa town. Barbara. Um... And which is a smaller town that is near to the mountains and the ocean, um, and has a national park nearby. Uh, yes, I've could, done the and it would make research. sense because Monterey Bay is right there, and that's a massive military base. Mm-hmm. But even Santa Barbara has a population as of twenty twenty one of over eighty eight thousand. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's obvious that this author did their research in some places and not enough in others. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we need to get to the end of the story. We're <laughs> getting... Point, is, we're in the weeds. Well, right, yeah. My point is it feels like they have used the the specter of that fear to yes. artificially inflate the stakes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I say artificially, but to inflate the stakes further. And it, it's possible, like, in the author's mind, it's not an artificial inflation. Like, we understand... As as who we are as people, like we understand, like this is an artificial inflation of this mm. threat. But like maybe that author didn't do yeah. that research into that, and is like, no, this is just how nukes work. Because maybe. your average person, that's what they think. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is an effect of the nuclear, mm. like the specter of nuclear annihilation. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know. Okay, I did not need to read ahead in the book to read the nickname of something that is utterly ruining the serious discussion mood. (laughs) Anyway, Cassie is summoned by Axe. Um, Axe is just like, he's unconscious, I suggest you go to him. She immediately does, trusting him implicitly and making Axe feel worse (laughs) um, for trusting that Axe has Jake's best interest in heart. But... Surrounded by the dying and the wounded, uh, in sensory overload, as we described, like the sound of the dying, the awful sound of the dying bruised my heart. How dare you write so good and then fuck up basic details? That pisses me (laughs) off so much. God. But he gets, uh, he finds the others um in an area i will not name because it will ruin the mood um of serious discussion and i'm a child um (laughs) there is one surviving jet they can use uh an f-14 fighter bomber uh which he asks tobias to comply um and he tells tobias you got to get me two suits you got to get the catapult ready and you're going to launch the plane um with axe in the pilot seat and give him the command um, all this going on in the background everyone's like suspicious Marco was like where's Jake and uh, like he's out of commission I'm doing what I must 
Um, Rage just like, what's wrong with you, Marco? Things are bad. Let's get the Vista because they're going to put him in the back of the plane with axe. Um, Marco is the one who called out to when Tobias is just like, it's a crazy plan, but there's no time. Marco is like, have any of you wondered what's going to happen after Axe gets the plane in the air? And we get this line from Marco, you and lights, you people have a tendency to destroy what you want to preserve, and that plane is carrying a nuke. I saw it bitted up being fitted up by some of the Vissa's men. We'll leave aside how unfucking likely or possible that is. <laughs> because and that is when the horror sets in for Rachel. And Tobias is neutrally like you are not acting under Jake's command. And we get this great little line of I knew Tobias well enough to know he would act on his own conscience I also knew there was no time for subtle argument or soul searching I need their help now Marco I have not always trusted you but you have always proved me wrong you have always acted for the good of the mission put all personal concerns aside in order to win to defeat the Yerks you have even sacrificed your life as a normal human youth please trust me to do the same Marco laughed harshly. Oh, I trust you to be ruthless, Axeman. Ultra-focused. Heartless, even. What I'm not sure of is what this stunt is all about. Is it really about saving human lives or about pumping up Andalite glory? His remarks stung, but I had expected as much. Please, I said. This war cannot come to pass. We get a nice little detail about Marco swearing. Uh, something Let you shouldn't say in polite pump. company or the presence of parents or teachers. Tobias is the one that reaches out to Axe and is like, do you have even the smallest idea of what this will do to your head, Axe man, whether you win or lose? They had to be made to listen, to understand time was running out, it was now or never. I would accept the consequences of my actions. I would accept full responsibility. I was the alien. Will you help, I pressed, for your people, Rachel? She looked to Marco as if for guidance. Tobias looked away. Marco looked back to me. We say there's always a choice. Is there? Really? Let's go. I'm in pain. Yeah. You, you notice did get how... a nice visual of Rachel throwing a Hawkbajir overboard. <laughs> Just get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, sorry, Danielle. Please. Uh, I like how... Uh, Clearly, Axe has been paying attention because uh, mm -hmm. he sure knows how to push every single one of his friend's buttons. Well, he's learned from his leader following his uh -huh. war prince. Yep, uh, yep. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. Yep. Um, I want to point out, this is just a detail I noticed. Is Tobias in human morph? Yes. Yeah, he's, uh, one, he's in the air traffic controller. Get up. He's thought Not speaking. Yet. Yeah, because yeah. he's in more. They actually they have that earlier too. Um, the, the 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 inconsistent because like there's definitely like things earlier on where they're like, oh, in human morph we can't thought speak, but it's like. Did we throw that out the window now? No, you can talk. In, if it's not your human morph, if it's not <laughs> yeah. you as yourself, you can sp thought speak as a human. Yeah, no, but that's I one thing I really that, like. Yeah, me too. Like about this, part. it's like it's it's so Tobias can have that private moment. Of course, his mm -hmm. first instinct is to thought speak. That's how he normally yeah. fucking talks to people these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. It was just a thing that I noticed that was just like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is, this is different from other books. Yeah. Uh, the first time it happens in this book is at the very beginning when, uh, Rachel and Axe morph the two fighter pilots. Yeah, that's all. Both Rachel and Axe communicate to the others in Thoughtspeak. Despite the fact that they check that the radios are working so they can communicate Mm -hmm. while flying. It's very good. Uh, Yeah. But. But yeah, I like I like this Tobias switching between spoken word and thought speak, mm-hmm. just to to have that moment with Axe. Yeah. Um, there is but, something very mm-hmm. interesting to me about um, Rachel looking to Marco mm-hmm. here for the vibe. Like, mm-hmm. are we doing this? Because mm-hmm. Tobias looks away. But to be fair, Tobias looks away whenever it's a shitty choice that has to be made because that's what he does because mm-hmm. he's conflict-averse and mm-hmm. he's valid. But that whole thing about Marco and Rachel so often being on the same page, mm-hmm. I just appreciate that that, yep. co- that consistency is there. Yep. Because Jake isn't there to keep Rachel in check and she respects Marco to make the right call, even if she doesn't like it. When the chips are down she can look to Marco to tell her what to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or to check her, mm-hmm. which I think is a really cool little thing. And the fact that Marco is like, yeah, okay, we'll help. Because sometimes there really isn't a choice, is there? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's mad about it, but it's done. It hurts. Yep. It's Axe specifically got Cassie out of the way because he mm-hmm. knew he could convince the others, but not her. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he doesn't tell the others exactly what he's doing, but Marco has definitely figured it out. Um, probably Marco tells Rachel and Tobias. Tobias may have also figured it out himself. Um, I don't know that Rachel would have, just because she doesn't have all of the military knowledge that the other two kind of showed earlier this book. Yeah. Um. Which isn't to say she's not extremely smart, just that I, she doesn't think ahead like that as much. Also, like, trivia is all well and good if it's something you know. That's the whole mm-hmm. point of, like, trivia and general knowledge. She doesn't mm-hmm. not recognize that that armament under that plane is a nuke. Mm-hmm. She just is reacting to it being bad. It's when Marco says as such, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, But, yeah, they get... they. Kidnap Visser 2, wrestle him into the plane, tie him up, Axe gets into the plane, they they make short work of this that thing that should be extremely difficult. Um minus two of their usual fighters. Uh they arm the catapult, and right before Axe is about to take off, Cassie and Jake uh are seen running towards them. Um you know, yelling, like, stop, wait, don't do the thing that you're gonna do. Uh, but Axe ignores them, tells Tobias to hit the button, and he's off into the air. Uh, and he heads towards the coast. Um, and the viscer in the back is kind of quiet for a little while, and then he's like, alright, are you gonna tell me what you're doing? Um, and Axe spells it out for him. This plane carries a nuclear device, uh, primitive by Andalite standards, perhaps even by Yerk standards, but effective nonetheless. 
um, waits for the viscer to kind of begin to get it, continues. That impact will occur directly over the Yerk pool. You may launch World War Three on planet Earth, Visser, but how many Yerks will be alive to benefit? Um, uh, and then he just lets Visser 2 just stew in that, uh, which is brilliant. It's um, just like, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Axe just holds, holds his, his composure, um, plays a fucking excellent game of chicken. Um, arms the bomb, gets as far as, like, aiming exactly where he wants to put it, um, and, uh, finally, he tells the Eric, look, it's very simple. You, you tell your sub to self-destruct, or I will annihilate the Eric pool. Um, you'll kill tons of thousands of humans, non-controllers as well as Yerks. The jet streaked toward the Yerk pool, closer, closer. Sweat trickled down my brow and from under my arms. I felt my human heart almost breaking through my chest. The sadness threatened to kill me. Closer. So close. Yes, I said. I will. And the viscer fucking crumbles. Um, calls off the, the attack by the nuclear submarine. Um, and acts, uh, slows down veers off. I do not know if I have ever felt more exhausted, more drained than I did at that moment. I reduced speed, noted the aircraft's wings sweep forward. Turned on radio communications. You may use the radio now, Visser 2. I listened as the Yerk angrily gave his order. For now, we had won. I steered a course over the woods I have called home ever since being rescued by Prince Jake and the others. I was glad to be going back there tonight. I was also afraid of what I would find, because home meant more to me than just my scoop and the surrounding landscape. Home meant my fellow warriors, all of them, and I had risked my relationship with them, especially with my prince, by doing what I had done. It had been a terrible long shot. As Cassie might say, I had played God, and what right did I, an Andalite, have to do that. I had chanced the lives of thousands of humans for the sake of millions, and in doing so I had acted as many Andalite warriors before me. I had presumed. I had meddled. I had acted as I had often condemned. And I had won. We had won. But at what personal price? Would my friends ever forgive me? Would I ever forgive myself? Would you have done it, Andalite? The viscer's angry voice broke into my solemn thoughts. Would you really have done it? I was unable to respond. I have enough to answer for. And that's where the book fucking ends. Just right there, just on that, I wasn't expecting it to end right there, and when it did, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, they yep. are not uh, playing around. I feel like it's going to be cliffhangery the rest of the way to the end now. Mm -hmm. Like, running into I'm each other so upset because this is a line that has been crossed that is gonna uh, irrevocably change the entire dynamic between all of them mm -hmm. and I'm just 
There is a touch of um trying to think how to phrase this, but with this again, as I said earlier about this whole duality of acts, this whole book is about how much he's connected and considers himself both human and Adelaide at this point. And this act at the end, how human versus how Andalite in it. Um, and this sort of leaning in to how Andalites are perceived to be. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, I am become the, al- I am the alien. One of the others might not necessarily have been able to pull this off in the same way because they all know Axe is an alien. I think it's really easy for them and maybe also easier for him. It's this reprieve of this doesn't make you lesser. I I was already the shitty Andalite who comes from a culture that does believes this and does this. I'm already shit. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to really believe, just, but I am a monster. Okay, yeah. If you're going to call me a monster, I'll be the monster you need me to be. This is a trope mm-hmm. that I'm with the exact right people to talk about because we all love that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'll give but, you something that you can put all the blame on so you don't blame yourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it hurts me deeply. Yeah, re- regardless, regardless of whether we feel like he would have gone through with it, regardless, the Yerk and the kids believe that he could have. Mm-hmm. And that's the tragedy of it. Yeah. That he's now going to be the person that was willing and could have done the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he is the probably the third person we have seen do this explicitly. So mm-hmm. first we saw Rachel. Mm-hmm. I will I will do this thing to David so that you don't have to. Uh, We saw Marco leading the others uh, to stop Jake. Um, When Jake was straight up going to murder his brother. Uh, You know, I will, I will take care of this so you don't have to. And also with Marco, just like every fucking thing he did with his mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will do this ugly thing so you all don't have to to speak it aloud. Um, I will say the the plan. Uh, actually, this is the fourth because Tobias also did it, although that one was fucking weird uh, because Tobias did it in the time of the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna arm this nuke and send it to fail, or I'm gonna disarm this nuke and send it to fail." Uh, so that the asteroid hits and we can go home. Um, and but it it it's all of them accepting the yes. hard truth of the person that they have to be, or mm-hmm. that they think they have to be, which makes me really fucking sad and scared. Because Marco's accepted his role, Rachel's accepted hers, Axe has expect has accepted his. What the fuck? Is Jake accepting his role as the leader? It's going to be bad. I know it's going to be bad. There's been so much shouting and caps lock. I know it's going to be bad. And I have read enough fiction in my life and know enough history to know the sort of shit that leaders have to do. 
it's gonna be bad. None of them can come back from this. And I feel like this last run-up of books is them, if they haven't already, accepting the role that they are going to have to play. I feel, I feel so, so horribly for Cassie. Because mm. her role in all of this is to make sure that the others don't. Don't. And they're gonna have to. Well, if some of my theories are correct, they all accept what they've got to do and they're all going to fail in some way. Mm-hmm. So, because they're not going to come out of this the same people that they were. Because that's fucking war. This is a lot. And let me tell you, that ending, again, this is this book swings the gamut of being incredibly interesting and having some great beats and being frustrating as all hell. But um, we need to do our wrap-up questions uh, and address any talking points uh, and probably aim to do it in about 15 minutes so Danielle can have a break before the next recording. Yes. <laughs> so, what we got? Uh, so I'm sorry, Sean... I've done the thing where I've invoked future and Danielle needs to compose themselves. I'm so sorry, my friend. <laughs> uh, so Shrug gave us a, a, a discussion point. Yes. Uh, mostly mostly just like pointing out, uh, I don't think this works like that. <laughs> and it doesn't. Uh, specifically about the F-14s being able to carry nukes uh, and arming one is not as easy as uh, the book makes it out to be. Um. Mm-hmm. Um. I did some research for the sake of needing to know. Uh, F-14s were one of the models of plane that were effectively retrofitted to be able to carry mm. um a missile and drop it that way. But the mm. F-14 was not originally designed as a bomber. It's an air-to-air fighter. Mm. So of all the planes they could have picked... Bad choice, because that's yeah, not what that plane yeah. was designed for. It was more like, well, if we're going to have to, here, mm-hmm. so it can have the option. The F-14s had already been decommissioned at this, not decommissioned, but they weren't going to make any more anyway. Um, I think at that point decide. it's mostly like, let's just outfit the one, the one that's mm-hmm. going to be the yeah least pain on our budget to lose. And two, it's pretty fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Shrug is quite right. Having done some research onto the matter, one, I don't know about the nuclear, but, but modern nuclear missiles require arming in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about every damn day of my life, uh, some Tumblr post, uh, because like there, there is a dude whose entire job is to follow the president around and carry a briefcase with Mm -hmm. the nuclear launch codes in them. That's his job. Yep. Uh, That's his whole job. um, Presumably he trades off. It's not the same person 24-7. However, uh, 
I did once read a post that was like, the way, the way that it should work is that the, in order to get the launch codes from this dude, like the president should have to do something heinous, like kill the dude. Uh, because mm-hmm. then he's at least briefly considering the weight of his actions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not a, we, we keep those on lockdown for a reason. Because uh, mm-hmm. we don't want to accidentally start World War Three. Uh, yeah. It's almost like um, nuclear oh. is bad. <laughs> yeah. But hey, if you want a light bit of uh, fun trivia, the F-14 uh, is the plane in the beginning of the first Top Gun movie that part of the reason it was redesigned was because when you had to eject out of it, the guy in the back was often killed by hitting the canopy. Just like, that's a real factual thing that they portrayed in Top Gun. I was talking about it with you the other day and I just checked it was the F-14 model. It's part of why it was de- <laughs> It's part of why they stopped using it was because any time they had to eject, nearly always one of the crewmen was killed. Huh. Damn. Because the, um, the canopy could, didn't clear enough for the eject. Hmm. Eh, uh, but there you go. Right. Let's do rankings. Let's. Um, oh, we should say, uh, do we think that he would have got, followed through with his threat? Yes. Yeah. I think yes. And as it well. would have absolutely fucking destroyed him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah. Axe is like that middle point. You know how we've talked briefly before how Jake thinks doing the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Marco thinks thinking the thing is as bad as doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jake it, views thinking the thing as it, the other way around. Mm-hmm. My brain is mush. And Axe is just like, <laughs> I'll do it. It'll suck for me, but I'll do it. I have to be the one to do it so that my friends don't. Because yeah, because I'm the... the alien. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, my son, I'm in mm-hmm. pain. Oh. And even just the mm-hmm. possibility of having done it is going to destroy Axe going mm-hmm. forward. Because he's going to know that he probably would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the others are going to not be able to unthink it either. Mm-hmm sad not excited for the next book i mean i am excited but i'm also not uh let's give this baby a rating of for plot (laughs) i'd say like a seven i was gonna say seven like yeah bits of it are messy but overall as a plot it's pretty fucking compelling yeah it's I think that the idea of the plot is good. I don't think the mm. execution is very good. Yeah, the writing is is dodgy, but like the plot itself and the way that it like all kind of wraps mm. up was compelling enough to keep me interested in reading. Yeah. The skeleton's good. The mm. stuff around it less so. Mm-hmm, There's yeah. good bones. Uh, characterization. Uh, I want to say hi, to be honest, because I think the problems are due to certain choices in placement more than anything else. I think Mm characterization-wise, everybody's pretty damn good, which has been consistent with this Ghost Rider, Mm -hmm. Yeah, to be fair. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I think um, I, I've said before, I feel like they struggle with Jake mm-hmm. a little, mm-hmm. um, but I think he's great in this book. So. I would give this like a 8.5 to a 9. Yeah. 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 I think it's it varies like a little between them, but good Tobias, mm-hmm. yeah. which seems to be hard for some people to get right. So, And it didn't feel like anybody got like left behind. Everyone felt very you know? present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, enjoyability slash satisfaction. Seven? Yeah, I would seven? say seven again. I think seven feels fair. It's not bad. It's not a bad book. Uh, no, I think the shit that pisses me off about it might pull me down to a six. Yeah, it's it's like there are parts of it that I... When you get swept up in it, it's very good, but mm. there's enough stuff here to pull you out of it. Yeah. That yeah. is just like, <sighs> right, I'm it, reminded yeah. that this is... it. It's different if after you've finished you go, oh, that was fun. Wait. Yeah, when you have a fridge mm. moment. Mm-hmm. But if you if it's, an, if it's bad enough to pull you out in the moment, then that's mm-hmm. a problem. Mm-hmm. I did, when I was reading it last night, I was taking a lot of breaks to watch like episodes of Bluey. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't as into it as I could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, All right. Favorite part? I say favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I really like the moment with Jake at the end. Mm. I think I'm torn between the small moment that Axe has with that, like, the grape, mm-hmm. <laughs> the dude in purple, mm-hmm. and the end basically mm-hmm. in that I'm torn between Axe's moments of humanity and his moments of trying to do what he thinks is is mm-hmm. the thing that needs to be done mm-hmm And it hurts me that I cannot choose between these two. I think for me, it might be chapter 19, that one that Danielle read out in its entirety. Just like, it's Mm. so evocative. It is. And it just hits me so hard. And just like Axe's resolution and understanding of what he has to do. Uh, did anything surprise us? I will say, because uh, I know, fucking Axe knocking Jake out. Yes! <laughs> Genuinely had me go, what the fuck? That and In Chapman having the idiot ball so badly. <clears throat> like, Chapman has had the idiot ball before, but I think this is the worst instance of it in a way that was just kind of like, I don't think he's that dumb. What about you, Danielle? Uh, not much. Um, I think because I I knew the way this ended, mm. but I don't think I remembered basically anything of the lead up to it. Mm. The fact that the Yerk straight up attach a uh, attack a aircraft mm. carrier, I. 
I am sitting here wondering how the fuck they explain this away. Because either you destroy the ship, in which case the U.S. is now missing a very big aircraft carrier. Or they fight the Yerks off, question mark? I mean, they were losing, so that's unlikely, but they fight the Yerks off, in which case you have a bunch of people who saw mm. all that shit. Or the Yerks take over the ship and then cart out a fuck ton of Yerks to infest everybody on the ship. And then blame all the casualties on the Chinese. Yeah. In which case, why aren't we fighting the Chinese? <laughs> I'll be intrigued to see if it gets addressed. I'm sure it won't. It um, doesn't. <laughs> it's fine. I'm sure like the rest of the book's gonna the the time frame of the rest of the books is actually gonna be like seven days. Um and it won't matter. I don't know. Um that's a part that doesn't make sense. Or doesn't understand, but I think we unpicked the holes as we went. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, just the 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 author didn't do enough into fucking nuclear anything, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, question four: essential animals reading. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's been our podcast. <laughs> 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 we did it we did, we did it. it um we've got to do a quick wrap up so izzy where can people find you on the internet thank you for coming and yelling about your son with us today yeah i'm always willing to yell about my son please come yell about my son with me in the room where it happened server uh because <laughs> it's a great place and everybody should be there um you can find me specifically if you want more opinions of mine or shit that i do uh with Hearthside Enclave uh, and the two podcasts that I currently do. You can find me on Abbey Archives, a Redwall uh, reread and discussion analysis podcast at Abbey Archives. Uh, we are on Tumblr, not Twitter anymore. Um, and it's similar very much to Eskifil Files because you guys were a big inspiration for it. <laughs> um, and you can find me on the actual play podcast I do uh, at Hope's Hearth. Uh, Hope's Hearth Pod, uh, which is a solar hope punk actual play podcast where we play a bunch of uh, indie TTRPGs and not D&D. &D. <laughs> um, and you can find me, myself, personally, on Tumblr at lotsadeer.tumblr.com. Very good. If you like bird-themed, uh, not bird-themed, animal-themed names, you can find my best bird friend. <laughs> uh, Danielle at Red Tailed Hawk 90 all over the internet um, and look out coming soon for Idiot Teenagers of the Death Wish version 2 uh, on redtailedhawk90.itch.io I've gotten to see some of the art and layouts people are going to lose their minds rightly so it's a great game and if you want to hear great role players in action check out Danielle's home podcast of The, uh, the Room Where It Happened their current season, Elder County, Tennessee, is urban and urban fantasy with an Appalachian twist. Check it out, uh, and it's got a buck wild faction game. It's, uh, oh, it's I'll so let you wild. check it out. It's uh, it's a hoot. <laughs> Give it a listen. Yeah, uh, my wonderful illustrious co-host has been Jade. 
Uh, you can find them on the internet at jdoxfordrose. You can find their home podcast, Follow the Leader, at FTLcast on Twitter. Uh, they recently finished up their most recent season and wrapped up their six arcs and a movie uh, overarching story, which was fucking incredible. I absolutely recommend you go and listen to it because it is just a masterclass in storytelling and character work. I second um, this. Uh, I also recommend you tune in to a kind of between-season special they're putting on right now of FTL Presents Pathfinder, uh, wherein Zachary Fredrickson is leading uh, the others on a fucking incredible romp uh, using his masterful GMing as always and all of the FTL crew's phenomenal fucking storytelling and character work. As always, um, we got a goblin, a living cactus, a robot, and a prim proper girl half elf wizard. (laughs) It's it's incredible. Crew, I highly recommend listening to it. Uh, And keep an eye out this summer for some other interesting stuff that's in the works uh, coming at you from Standing Stones. Eyes emoji. Yeah. Uh, Stones underscore standing on Twitter if you're still there. Um, and, uh, also the, uh, Tumblr, which is standing stones prod on Tumblr. Uh, Either way, I we're on Tumblr. I think so. <laughs> um, but n- until next time, next book is book 47. Mm-hmm. Weird. I close the tab. Uh, the, the resistance. resistance. Who is this meant to be on the cover? Fuck this. <laughs> is that Jake? Is that meant to be yes, fucking Jake? It is. What the fuck? I should not be so angry about it. Um, <laughs> it's a Jake book. Yep. Um, God, there are that so one's weird. Left. It's, uh, I don't like the conceit of it because like you alternate chapters between Jake and like a diary thing yeah whatever the fuck that author decided to do yeah it's very weird Uh, there's that but yeah all right got that to look forward to until next time my friends be well be safe as you can Mm -hmm. and uh take care of each other absolutely yeah uh shall we clap at 45